0: Welcome to my personal podcast. Here we're going to talk a little bit about OU. Um, oh, what a subject that is! You know, I after watching a game against West Virginia, um, I really see the issues in what we have. Everybody knows our defense sucks, is weak, and everybody knows our offense is great. In reality, I really thought that the defense, when it comes to the cornerbacks. Played outstanding football. I mean, the corners really played in the hip pocket of the receivers off the edge. There wasn't a lot of success in that, uh, on the off the edge. I mean, there was a couple plays you know here and there, but other than that, really nothing successful that was going to happen. The big weakness of our defense was the was the safeties. I mean, you can tell by the inexperience and the poor. I think comes down to coaching. These guys are sitting flat footed as you know slot receivers are running straight at them and flipping their hips after the guy's already hit even with them. If you do that, you're going to you're gonna lose. You're going to get burned every single time. I thought Kenneth Murray was really poor. He was chasing out of the box for no reason, covering guys where Caleb Kelly was covering for no reason, and almost got an interception if he had just stayed square to the line of scrimmage. Um, too many times I see our inside backers sitting instead of reading. Um, everybody knows when you coach a inside linebacker, we all know that your first step should be to mirror that of the running backs, and then as the running back comes towards you, you press to the line of scrimmage and fill your gap. If your gap sound, no team can run on you. If you are sound in each gap, where each three defender D lines So say your ends cover B's, your nose covers the backside A, your play side backer, whichever that side is, plays the play side A, and then the backside backer either scrapes over the top if it's an outside run or he fills the backside somewhere. But usually, that is the key um, to success, really. I mean, it depends on how they're going to play it, but really, if your gaps sound, you, you you should never be able to ran on. Your outside backers cover that outside gap. And and the weakness, and then you watch. If you watch the inside backers, at least last week, there were a couple times where those guys are just sitting and getting blocked. You cannot allow an offensive lineman to get his hands on you. Once you've allowed an offensive lineman to get hands on, it's game over. I know this. I played offensive line. I know that if I got my hands on that linebacker, I'm going to create space. I'm going to create a lane for the running back to hit. Um, all too often our inside backers wait and get pressed by the linebackers, linemen, and they're making tackles, you know, five, six, seven, eight yards down the field. That's not – I mean, yeah, they could lead the team in tackles, but not tackles for losses, not tackles at the line of scrimmage. They're tackles down the field. And, again, that's a big part of also the D-line. Um What I think teams have been trying to do is really play into the fact that Oklahoma wants to run an even front. When you play an even front, you actually lose your balance on defense. If you want to, especially with OU, since they want to play a lot of zone and zone coverage with the safeties over the top. The problem with that is you lose your balance. So you always have that invert player, that kind of safety hybrid linebacker, who's always going to either line up to the boundary or the field, depending on the scheme, and most of the time to the receivers. If you run the running back away from that or flare him out in a pass game, you now have an inside backer that has to chase and the inverts on the other side, he can't follow the running back. So therefore you lose the box, you lose an inside backer and you have now a five man box and you run zone. Or you do it by what (coughs) OU had been doing was taking an inside backer and putting him out on a slot receiver. Stupid, but because they're in cover three, they have nobody to press up and be in the face of that guy. They want a guy to have a guy kind of press and be in the face. Well, the problem is you lose the box. Now you're screwed when it comes to run scheme. You cannot fill all the gaps. You can't be gap sound. And that's what Kansas did to us. West Virginia attempted it, but OU came out in a three-man front, which actually benefited. They were able to put more guys in the box, being a little bit more gap sound. Um, and be a little more versatile in the defensive backfield but honestly I thought that the, the D line played mediocre the inside linebackers played poorly the safeties played horrendously bad and the corners played excellent I thought the corners played really well offensively the offensive line really had a lot of success um, there were some issues in the first half other than that I mean they really kind of second half I mean the big part is that we've got to get past our third quarter woes we we struggle a little bit in the third quarter and we start not complimenting when we when our defense makes a stop. We got to compliment our offense or sorry, our defense. A defense makes a stop and then our offense gets the ball back and we go down the field and we don't get any points for it. Or we throw an interception or we have to punt it. Um, we get very conservative. I don't know what it is. I don't know about the play calling. Sometimes I'm confused by it. Not often does Riley get me confused when I have his call plays. Usu- play calls. Usually, it's pretty sound and, and efficient, but there's a couple times this season i am going why? 3rd and 15, you run a little counterplay. I mean, we just had success on 3rd and 12, 3rd and 10, and we just got a first down for about 20 yards. So why can't we do another play for 15? That was already my thought, but really, that's beyond, dig- I digress. Anyways, just watching the college football play- playoff rankings, and we're going to move on to that and talk a little bit about where they're ranked, they're ranked 5, just outside the college football playoff. Georgia should lose to Alabama, but if Alabama loses, OU's blocked out by Alabama, Alabama gets in, which is ridiculous. I'm sorry, if you can't win your conference, you can go undefeated all season, you lose your conference, guess what? I'm sorry, you're out. You have to be able to show up to big games and win. We take away this fact that we think that because they look good all season long, oh, they lost a conference game, no big deal, they stay in. If you can't deliver and have a successful game in a big situation, in a big game, how does that make any sense for you to be in that game, in the, in the playoff? If you can't handle a big game now, What makes us think that you can handle the college football playoff? I don't care how good you looked all season. If you can't finish strong, you don't deserve to be in it. We tell our players, we tell people that all the time when we coach and any any situation. If you can't finish strong, you have no deserving right to be where you are. If you don't practice hard, yeah, you're a great player, but you don't practice hard. Do you deserve the? You know, and you fail at the end of the season. You you fall apart when it's playoff time because you didn't bust your butt during regular season, and all of a sudden you, you deserve it because you're better? No, you don't deserve nothing. Nothing's given to you. Nothing should be given to you. You fall apart at the end. That's, that's you. You're out, and that's how it should be. OU, on the other hand, has to play a very good defense game, I think, against Texas. I think I think they can still win and get in. I think it's ridiculous that Northwestern's left in the top 25. And Army is not put in. That's absolutely asinine to me. Um, But uh, Northwestern, they kept in because they want Northwestern to look good. They want Ohio State to look good. They want their resume to be better. Um, They want to try to cushion this. The problem is, is if Northwestern comes in and knocks... Ohio State off, which Ohio State's shown to be up and down, very fluttery. Now, all of a sudden, the college football playoff committees going, and the East, these, these biased ESPN analysts are going, oh, wow, this is Ohio State. One game. One game they've had all season long. One game they've had a really good play. And yet, all of a sudden, they're world beaters now. They're the team that we all knew they were. One game. Barely, barely beat Maryland. Lost Purdue by 20 something points. I mean, this is the ridiculous crap that we hear from ESPN. I think ESPN analysts are overrated. They're overpaid. I think they're ridiculous. I think Fox is the way to go. But, anyways, I digress again. But I don't think that Ohio State has a good argument to be in. I just don't. You, you, sh- you, yeah, you know, a win's a win and I get it. But your loss is awful. Purdue is horrible and you lost to them. Oh, you lost to Texas. Texas is a ranked team. They're top 15. They may not be after this week, but they were right now. Okay. They were in the top 10 at one point. Okay? Yeah, Michigan's in the top 10. There's a reason. They want Ohio State to stay top, so they kept Michigan in there and left UCF again back one. Who says to who, who says that UCF is not going to win out? Just because one player gets injured, you don't want to move UCF back up? Come on. It's not about one player that wins games. It's about the whole 11 guys, the whole 22 guys that win games. Not one guy changes things. For some teams, it might make a difference. But really, they got here. They won that South Florida game without Mackenzie Milton. Give it to them. Um, OU, I think, has a great chance. They've got to win good against Texas. They've got to show up. The defense has to make some stops. They have to play. These defenders have to be better. They have to turn their hips. They've got to look back for the ball. They've got to, we biggest problem is we don't play the ball. We play the man. And if you're not playing the ball, you're not gonna have to, there's so many times we don't swipe across the body as soon as it caught. If we're not getting there, we need to be swiping across, knocking that ball out. Do whatever we can to rip that ball out before they hit the ground. And I saw that last week with our corners. Trey Brown did it. Parnell Motley did it. It was beautiful. But when we get chances to pick the ball off, we have to make those two. We've got to capitalize on our turnovers, and we've got to make turnovers. Turner Yale, I believe, is his name, the freshman safety, really struggled. Um, but he had an easy interception, I believe it was him, and he dropped it. We can't do that. We have to be better. Um, so that's my take on OU football. they got to beat Texas um texas will be physical they'll run their quarterback we have to be physical up front their offensive line is not good enough but our defensive line is not good enough so we've made offensive lines look very good we've made quarterbacks look very good i hope i eilinger, Eiling, eilinger throws a pick i would love to see that record ended but we'll see what happens i would am hoping maybe two or too much for defense but they just need to hold Make stops, and and our offense just needs to capitalize. That's the thing. If our offense capitalizes on our defense's success, we win every single game, no problem. When we get turnovers, when we get stops, OU needs to, the offense needs to take off down the field, score every single time. No punts. Thank you.